Welcome to the Revolutionary CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Lynch, wine lover, brand snob, proud boy mom, and Atlanta-based entrepreneur. When I was laid off from my dream marketing job at eight weeks pregnant, I knew I couldn't rely on corporations to provide me with a stable income. I launched my own business and hit six figures in my first full year. I want to help other female service-based entrepreneurs and coaches build and leverage their brand authority so they can confidently sell their services and programs at a premium price point to create a lasting legacy and generate independent wealth. Tune in every Wednesday for solo episodes and conversations with amazing self-made multi-six and seven-figure women all about marketing, sales, mindset, self-care, entrepreneurship, and motherhood to inspire you and give you actionable steps to successfully market and sell your high-ticket services and programs while having a life. Let's get into it. Okay, so I wanted to finally record an episode about what it really means to be a mom and a CEO of your own business. I get so many questions about how are you doing it all? How are you balancing your life? How are you possible? How is it possible that you're able to do all of this stuff in your business? And so today's episode is really just why I'm not really aiming for balance as a mom and as a CEO, but I want to talk about what I'm really aiming for, just functioning in life as a mom. (laughs) And I think before, before I even dive into how I've gotten to where I am now, which is a great place, like I feel like I have a good rhythm going and my family, like things are consistent. There's obviously, you know, arrangements constantly made for the child. I feel like I have the rhythm. I don't even have harmony. I keep seeing people like, I don't want balance. I want harmony. Harmony sounds great. I don't really have necessarily harmony. Everything isn't always matching and leveling up. And, you know, but I do feel like I have a great rhythm and pattern to things that are expected and expectations are set for my child, for my husband, for my my people who support me. I know what's going to happen. So let's talk about where I started from, though. So Liam was born in 2016. He's my only child at the moment, a little boy. And when he was born at the time, I found out when I was pregnant with him, when I was probably like around like six weeks pregnant. So super duper early on, I found out like in October of 2015. And I, I didn't really... I wasn't really thinking about, you know, how it was going to really affect my life because my job was excellent at the time. I was working at a dream job. I was running the marketing for four mall properties in Georgia, which was a big deal. I mean, I'm first of all, I'm a woman marketing and I get to market for malls, meaning I get to interact with all of these stores because it was my job to make sure that the mall had action and had customers coming through the doors because those mall stores are actually renting space within that real estate property. So I was like basically a real estate marketing manager. Loved it. Cool company. December, though, they lay us off. Like, literally December 1st, they lay us off. (laughs) And they give us until the 31st of December, but they said, if you want to take off the rest of the month of December, and they gave us severance for like three months. I had already had a trip to Japan planned with my family, and I was fighting with my now husband at the time because he wasn't that excited about us having a baby, which was very upsetting for me. Not from a perspective of like, he's a bad guy, but like a freaked out, he's a type A planner, um, by the book guy, and here I am pregnant suddenly. And we're like, oh no. And for him, it was like the end of the world. And for me, I was like, I'm having a baby. I was 29 at the time, so was he. Anyway, so I'm pissed off at him. I go to Japan with my family 
all that stuff happening. Now I'm like, oh my God, I'm pregnant and I lost my job. What am I going to do? We're not married. We weren't even engaged at the time. And so I was a little bit freaked out. We had already been living together. So kind of how my pregnancy started off was like very stressed, but I was able to get a job, which was great. I got a job. They did not know I was pregnant. I did not tell them because I was fearful. It sucks being a woman in the United States because we're so fearful of what's going to happen if they know we're pregnant. What's going to happen? Am I going to have benefits? Is it going to cover enough time? Am I going to be able to keep my kid? Am I going to be able to see my child? Like it's very scary being a mother in the United States. But I was able to find a job and like, I wasn't really showing either. I didn't show very much for a long time. So when I was about like 20 or so weeks pregnant, I was like, oh, guess what? I'm pregnant. They were like, oh my God, really? <laughs> I was like, I'm super pregnant. But the, the downside of the United States is that you don't actually get any benefits starting at a new company unless you've been there for a year. They have something called Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, and you don't get FMLA benefits unless you've been at a company for one full year, which clearly I was not going to make. But I knew I was pregnant when I started at the company, so I signed up for a short-term disability. I knew I was going to accrue vacation time, so I saved all that vacation time, and I got two weeks of vacation being an employee. And so essentially, I was going to get six weeks of vacation, or excuse me, short-term disability at like seven. 70% of my income, which yes, they reduced your income to 70% <laughs> as a benefit. It's a benefit. So I was going to have my salary reduced by 70%. And I was also going to take two weeks of paid vacation. So I was able to stay home with my child for eight weeks. Now at the time, the arrangement was that my son would have a nanny. My mother-in-law kept my son for the first 14 months of his life, which was excellent. And I was going to go back to work. I was breastfeeding the whole eight weeks, which was great. I was also so pumping because when you first start nursing, you learn the proper things to do. You breastfeed the child physically and then you pump the rest of the milk out and then you store that. And then you were supposed to constantly do that. I was doing that so it was going really well. But when I went back to work, I needed a special place to pump. They had a place for me to pump. Then suddenly they got more employees and none of the extra private rooms were available and they didn't have a place for me to do that. So they let me work from home for a few weeks until they could find me a new location, which they ended up finding. But when I went back home, I was no longer pumping because I was just at home with the baby anyway. So my mother-in-law would literally hand him to me for feedings and then I'd give him back and that was it. So I was never pumping. There was never any bottles. Well, when I went back to work, I could not pump anymore. It just wasn't working. I was never replenishing his supply that he would need and it started stressing me out. And I was like asking them if I could just work from home until I was out of the nursing stage with, for me at the time, I was thinking at least six months no more than a year. So they did not agree to that. I decided to quit my job and I found a company that lets you work fully remote, which was the ideal situation, but it was a huge pay cut, you know, and it was very frustrating and scary for me as a woman, because here I am in a situation that I don't want to be in. I'm excited about having my child, but he is costing me a lot of money. I'm having to now reduce my pay. My husband doesn't have to deal with any of this, by the way, which again, he wasn't my husband at the time. My boyfriend didn't have to deal with any of this at the time. For him, he was fine. Actually, he was my fiance. We got engaged right before my son was born. So fiance, he's just living his best life. Me, I'm pissed and struggling. I work at this amazing company who lets us work fully remote, but the pay cut was actually really severe for me. It was very frustrating. And I didn't have as much power in my position as I used to have. It was like I had a manager role, but it didn't feel like management. It didn't feel like I had the independence with the level of skill and the amount of time I had been working in marketing, which at that time probably was like 12 years. And it was frustrating. So I looked for a more advanced position and I got a director of marketing position for another company. And it was also remote. So here I was finding a 
dream position that paid like 90 something thousand dollars, which was a big deal. Cause now here I am getting back up to big time salary, almost six figures. And with bonus, it would have been six figures. And I'm thinking this is going to be great. The lady hates me though. The lady hates me. I've never been hated by any employer. I've always had excellent managers. Lady hates me. She thinks I'm taking too long to pick up on the information. After my honeymoon, I got let go from my job. <laughs> which was great for my new husband. He was so excited that I lost my job. And so that I wanted to give you guys the background of how frustrating it was in corporate for me being a mother, because corporate wasn't any better than it would have been for me to just work for myself is what I wanted to kind of prove to you is that it was very frustrating because nobody cares about you or your child in the United States, especially. Okay. So I was very frustrated by that. So when Liam was one year old, so in 2017, I actually tried to start this business and what I was doing was social media management, because that's what I was doing for the companies that I was working for. I managed all of their social channels. It's my favorite part the business. I also did like a lot of events and things. So I was excited to be managing people's social media. And I really wanted to work with influencers because influencer marketing had just become a big thing at that time. And for the malls, we hired a lot of influencers. So I knew how to work with them. I thought it was pretty cool. And I understood that so many people were in that realm of trying to become influencers. And so I thought that was going to go really well for me. But I didn't think about how hard it would be to work a full-time job, have a baby who was still under a year, which meant I was still nursing him part-time because he was eating solids. And I had started a podcast with my best friend at the time called Let's Talk 30. So I had a podcast, a, a business that I was starting and my full-time job. And my husband, who at the time was a consultant, was traveling all the time. He was my fiance and he was traveling all the time because he was a consultant. So he was gone Monday through Thursday. And when he would come home, he was not very supportive of the business. He was actually very annoyed that I was working all night on my business stuff. And Honestly, not having that support in the beginning from my spouse was actually very difficult for me because I needed someone to push me and say, I know you're tired, but keep going. I needed someone to say, what can I do to help you so that you can get this work done? Because I know you're working on a really big project. I needed someone to help me so that I could be something with my business because I knew then that it could be something really big. And if I'm being honest, that lack of support at, in the home front made it harder for me to stick with my business. I kind of just gave up on it because it was just so hard. I was exhausted. I mean, I was still, I wasn't feeding him on demand. So he was cut off in the middle of the night from me breastfeeding, but I wasn't, I still wasn't getting a lot of sleep because I had to stay up until like two, three in the morning to finish up my design projects. Then I would have to work the entire next day. It was just very difficult for me. So I gave up my business in 2017, but I came back in 2019 with some new clients and I was like, okay, this time my son is a little bit older at the time he might have been two two or three i'm like okay he's a little bit older i can focus a little bit more on me and my husband had quit his job as a consultant and started working in town so he had a job where he was a little bit more helpful some of the first things that i get questions from from people is what kind of support do you have and was your husband open to you getting support so this is the first mom question that i really got and i want to tell you that he was open to support as long as I feel like I dealt with it. So when, if I didn't make arrangements for us to have a babysitter, then he expected me to take care of my son. Like if my son was sick, my husband was never like, okay, it's my turn. I'll take off for work. And then, you know, I'll keep the kid. You keep working. It was always like, he's sick. Good luck. I'm going to go to work. I always felt like my husband felt like his job was more important. And one of the comments that I always get from him is I'm the one that pays the majority of the bills in the house. 
which is true. He does pay a majority of the family bills because he made significantly more than me. And so I felt like that was on him and I would pay down my debt. I have student loans. I had credit card debt at the time too. And I felt like, yeah, you make two times, two, three times more than I make. You should be paying the household bills and I will pay the utilities and I will feed us and all that crap. But yeah, I'm not paying the household bills because I can't. I want to pay down my debt. He has zero debt. So stuff like that always frustrated me because I'm like, you have vacation time and you don't want to waste your vacation time on keeping your sick kid. But I would have to take my vacation time to keep our sick kid. And I didn't feel like there was any balance there. But support wise, I have parents and my mom and dad live in town. And so they would keep my kid. If I was exhausted trying to work or I was working all weekend, they would keep my child at their house so that I could get sleep. That's the kind of support that you need early on in your business because there are going to be so many nights when you're just not getting any sleep. And it's okay because you are working toward your dream and I think that your dream requires you to sacrifice and that sacrifice of sleep was definitely well worth it. And you can only sustain that for so long. Without asking for help, you can only sustain that for so long. I started asking for help. So my husband, who I did not feel was very helpful, he really wasn't, if I'm being honest. Every night we put the child together to bed together, I said, I will no longer participate in nighttime routine. You will put the child to sleep because I already am the one that gets up with him. Because at first I was getting up to nurse him. And then afterwards, I was the one taking him to school, which I enjoyed, by the way, not complaining about that. I chose to take him to school. But that meant you are putting him to bed at night because you are doing nothing else. <laughs> I stopped doing bath night. You will do the baths by yourself and then you will put the child to bed by yourself. I will not help anymore. This is not a family time. It's just you put your child to bedtime. <laughs> that gave me time back at night to work on my business because I was still full-time, right? I didn't actually quit my full-time job until July of 2020 was my last day at work was July the 10th of 2020. So from 2019 through July of 2020, I was working my full-time job as well as building a business. So the first big thing was cutting off the responsibilities that I had as a mom. I also said, you know something? I now am basically working two jobs and then I had a third job as a mom. So I will no longer be solely responsible for dinner. We will order food. We will have you know food service, whatever it is, whatever it takes, I will not be the only person cooking dinner and he can't cook worth a lick. So it's fine. We will have to order things. It will cost you more money in the long run, husband, but I am willing to make that sacrifice on your dime because I need sleep. And you're, he's not, he wasn't thinking about me or my sleep. He was thinking, this is like a little side hustle. She's not making enough money. So I can't take this serious. And he also didn't believe in the online business thing. And a lot of people feel like that. They're like, how are you making this much money online? How is it sustainable? How are you going to keep getting strangers to pay you? They don't get it until they're in it. And so for my husband, who is again, straight and narrow, straight lace type point, he's just black. Is it black or white? He doesn't get it. So I understood as time went on where he was coming from with the confusion of how was this going to be sustainable. At the same time, I couldn't let his doubt influence me and my hope. Don't let other people's doubt in your business influence your hope. So whatever support you need with your child to make you not feel like a shitty mom is what you have to do. I didn't feel like a shitty mom if someone was playing with my son. Maybe it wasn't me. If I felt like he was bored and upset because nobody was paying him any attention, that made me feel like a crappy mom. But if he was happy because someone was playing with him, like my mom or my dad or you know his other grandparents or my husband, then I still felt a little bit better because I gave him all the cuddles and hugs and love in the morning. I was the one fixed 
picking him up and taking him to school. I was the one feeding him. So I still felt like, you know, I was doing my due diligence, but I asked for the help that I needed so that I could focus on my business. And I let the person know it's about my business right now. And my kid's going to be fine. And if you could just give me this support, please put him to bed for me tonight. Please pick him up from school because I need to get off of, I need to get on a call with a client. Please take him on the weekends because I actually need to work this weekend or I have a live event this weekend. He's going to be making too much noise. I need you to keep him for me. Hey, can you keep him for this weekend? I need to do a staycation by myself. These are little sacrifices that I made with my time with my child, but also to make sure that he was still having a very fulfilled and loving life. Somebody asked me, you know, how, how do you create your schedule to accommodate your motherhood and your work? One of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give you as a mom, who's a CEO, especially if you're working your full-time job is Think about the stage that you are in motherhood with your child's age. That's all dependent on your child's age, by the way. And adjust your business around that stage that you're in. So for example, if I were to start a business again, because I want to have a baby next year, right? So I'm going to be back at a stage of weird pregnancy. I didn't have a weird pregnancy, but you know, pregnancy, the first half you're exhausted, second half you're good, third half you're exhausted and now overweight. <laughs> You can't breathe. You can't sleep properly. So I know that's going to happen. Then for the first few months of the child's life, you are adjusting to a new sleep schedule of sleep exhaustion and feeding on demand because I will nurse again. I'm very into breastfeeding. I've been fortunate enough as a gift from the Lord <laughs> to be able to nurse my child. And because of that benefit, it requires you to get zero sleep. I have fed on the demand and that's what I'll be doing. So with that in mind, I know that my business model needs to reflect the lack of sleep I'm going to get, which means I can't wake up early in the morning and work. I can't work long hours because, and I can't expect to have calls all day for hours upon hours upon hours. And so I need you to think about the stage that you are in motherhood. And then what things can you be offering at that time? I already knew that I had a child. And so I wasn't going to be the kind of person who could work all day. It's why I stopped doing my service business. I was just a designer and being a designer means you're exchanging all of your time for money to do the design work, right? And as a service provider, it's very difficult without a team of people to service those clients if your time is limited because you're, you have to do the work, right? So you have to decide if I'm going to be a service provider and I want to have children, then there's going to be a stage in my business where I have to hire support and that support has to be trained to be me. And once I train that person to be me, then I can safely take a leave of absence for work for maternity leave. And then they can watch me sluggishly try to come back to work for a little while before I come back into my role in the business. So you need to be planning on training someone to be you. If you cannot trust someone to be you or refuse to train someone to be you, then you can't be the kind of service provider who is exchanging a bunch of time for money. Now your services need to be premium priced so that you can work with less clients so that you can still hit your income goals without working so many hours with so many different clients. I already have a premium business model. My All of my offers are basically in the premium price range, meaning it's $3,000 or more, because I know that, first of all, what I offer is high level, and I want to be able to give everyone high level of service. I need them to get a lot of my attention. I need a lot of my, my creative energy and juices to be flowing to get to those people, to work with those people, to market to those people, to sell to those people. I do not have time to be playing around with a bunch of little offers. And so I don't have them. And that's the kind of business model you have to think about. And as your child gets older, it's time for you to experiment and have fun and do all of the things because you have that time. My kid's about to go to kindergarten, which means he has a very set schedule for school. And I get to take him really early and they feed him breakfast and he gets to go at like 7.45 
five, imagine the workouts I will get to do now because I'm already going to be up and have them out. And I used to not have that window of time between like seven, basically like seven thirty, and between seven thirty and nine because he didn't go to school until nine o'clock, but he woke up at seven thirty. Well, now he has to be to school by seven forty-five. I get that whole window of time to like do stuff for me. I am very excited, and now I have so much more freedom in my business because of that. Now I don't have to worry about him because he can talk. He can he can play alone for a little bit. So when he gets home, I don't have to like be as much like in his face. He's not as much in my face, and he's only home for a few hours before he goes to bed. Like all of these things are working in my favor now. And I now have the benefit of getting to experiment and do a bunch of things in my business before I get to the next stage, which is I want to have another baby. Now I'm going to be a mom of two. So think about the stage that you are in your business. And that's how you start to create a schedule that can accommodate you and your motherhood. If you are like, for example, when COVID happened, all the moms had to then homeschool their kids, right? Especially if you lived in a state that they didn't go back to school. Like my kid was eventually able to go back to school for the summer. So COVID happened in March. He was out of school from March until like July. And then he went back to like summer camp. The moms who couldn't do that, you had to then think about your schedule. Well, my kid is going to be, if your kid was the kid that was going to virtual school, then you knew they were going to be on the computer at certain times and you could adjust your schedule for that. But if you had to homeschool, then your schedule now became, okay, I can only work on these days or I can only work in the evenings in my business, or maybe I'll only have the weekends. Like you had to adjust your schedule based on that. Or now your kid was going to have to be playing on the iPad or watching TV during your business call so that they would leave you alone. Like you had to start thinking, or you had to hire temporary help to come into your home to take care of your kid. This episode of the Revolutionary CEO podcast is brought to you by my group coaching program, Revolutionary Brand. It's a transformational coaching program for service-based entrepreneurs and coaches who are ready to build and leverage brand visibility using video content to attract and enroll premium clients and sell your high ticket programs and services for $1,500 or more in the next 90 days without complicated marketing funnels or being great at sales. I created this program specifically because I know that you've probably been offering discounts to try to entice more clients to close. You're creating freebies and posting content so frequently, even though you don't have the time, you've been rebranding to try to make your business look better. You've been customizing your offers and lowering your prices and you're over all of that. This program was crafted to help you to repackage and relaunch your offers to only focus on one ideal client profile and one problem you can solve so you can confidently articulate your value and close sales needed to hit your monthly income goals. It's going to help you map out and plan all of your strategic video content. You'll need to lead your ideal clients from Googling their pain points to paying full price for your service. And you'll learn how to implement processes to strategically automate parts of your business and prepare it for scale and prerequisites to qualify leads that get you 90% of the way to the sale before your sales conversation even has to happen. So make sure you go to revolutionarybrand.co to submit your application and book your compatibility call. My husband and I always made sure that there was a budget of some sort to, to take care of these things. You know, we had benefits from work. My husband's job would pay for care during COVID when it first happened because my mom was furloughed. She actually kept my son for those three months that he was out of school because I wouldn't have been able to take care of him. So I... I am in a very fortunate position to have family nearby. And it's not just my parents. My parents are the ones that you keep hearing me talk about because they actually keep them the most, but it's because they live in the same county and area as us. And when we moved into this new home, we chose to specifically live close to the parents who kept them the most, which were my parents. So we could 
not live very far from the city that we live in because that's the city that my parents live in. We made a very big sacrifice in this in this town that we live in has the best schools. So we needed to be in this specific town because of the schools and the babysitters. We chose that for a reason. A lot of people, again, asking me about my schedule, right? I know that during the week I work a lot. And when my kid comes home from school, I'm really just counting down the hours for her to go to bed, if I'm being honest. And what I found that helps me to keep me feeling like a good mother is I make time that's just for my child. So on the weekends, it's Liam time, essentially. My husband and I spend a lot of time taking him to do a bunch of stuff. But a lot of times it's just me and my son on purpose. I'm I'm weird with my husband and I are super weird as a couple. I'll say that. But then I also need alone time with my child because he deserves that. We're like best friends. And also mommy works a lot. Daddy is definitely home. Daddy's the one that puts in the best. So daddy's the one reading the stories every night. So my son needs time with me where it's just about me and him. And I know that he and I go to brunch a lot together. This little kid driving me crazy at brunch. He's usually on his iPad. I'm usually on TikTok, but we both are so happy going out to eat. I cut up his little food. We hang out. We're holding hands. He's literally like the best little date you've ever had in your life. We've always been doing it since he was a baby. I would take him out by myself. I was nursing too. So I would just breastfeed him wherever I was. Didn't matter. He was always with me. I was also very crazy about safety. So he came with me literally everywhere. So he's used to just being with me. We go to brunches, just the two of us. I'll take them to like do like, you know, touristy stuff. Like we'll go on the Ferris wheel downtown Atlanta. I'll take them to the children's museum. But if I go to children's museum, my my husband would come to something like that. But I'll take them to things that my husband doesn't care about, like being outdoors. I'll take them to the park. I'll take them to random things that my husband would hate. I take my kids to stuff like that because I want, like I'll take them to the zoo, just the two of us. I'll take like a little wagon so that I can drag him around because he's heavy now. But we do a lot of that type of stuff together. We went to the aquarium, just the two of us us. Like he and I go and do a lot of little date things. I also do little staycations with him. I do a quarterly staycation as a CEO of my business. Specifically, it's just a staycation. So I only go to the city of Atlanta to hang out and stay in a nice, uh, it's always a luxury hotel, nothing less. I stay in a luxury hotel. Now my kid thinks it's fun to stay in hotels. He thinks it's fun. He knows it's like a trip. So I will take him for one of the days at least. I tried to keep him for a whole weekend. He was a nightmare. He would not sleep in the hotel. He was jumping on the bed. He wouldn't sleep. He was being loud, screaming down the halls. He can stay for one night. But that one night, he feels really special. We go out to eat in the city. We get to walk in the city. He sees all the buildings in Atlanta. We go to Piedmont Park. We can walk to it because we're staying in the city right off of 12th Street or 11th Street or 14th. We stay in like the main part of Midtown. He gets to go out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He gets to call in room service. We get to watch movies. He gets to stay up late. So he feels like he just lived a life of luxury. And it's great because he's happy with mommy. Then mommy gets a night alone. (laughs) Mommy's going to stay until Monday. So mommy and Liam will come in on a Saturday. Mommy don't come home until Monday. Daddy takes Liam to school on that Monday because mommy's not coming home for that. Mommy's checking out when the hotel kicks her out. And the reason I do this quarterly is because as a CEO, I don't want to be with anyone sometimes. There are times when I just need just me time and I deserve that because I work a lot. My brain is constantly going. I do only work Monday through Friday, but Monday through Friday, I am going in. I give a lot to my business and my clients and the people who just follow me online. You guys know me by now. I give a lot and I love to give a lot. It actually brings me great joy and energy to be with you, to spend time with you on the internet, to spend time with my clients. My clients know I give 150% to those coaching programs that I have. And so when the weekend comes and I'm finally getting a staycation, I deserve 
observe it and I enjoy it. I walk around the city like I'm a new person. I get to live a new identity for a weekend and it's beautiful. My husband's always like, why are you spending money to go to Atlanta? Because I want to. I don't want to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go and buy a plane ticket and travel, but I do want to get away from you people. (laughs) And I do it. And if my husband needs his alone time, which I think he deserves as well, because he works really hard as well, I send my kid to my mom's house and I take the staycation by myself. I often take my mom with me on the staycation. You know, my mom works for me, right? She usually comes with me too. It'll be me, her, and Liam for the first, you know, night. We'll send Liam away and then just the two of us will hang out in the city. But sometimes I just go by myself. And again, I feel like you have to find a way to make your child feel special so that they know I do love you. Mommy does want to be and spend time with you with my undivided attention. But also mommy works. And this is what happens in a home. Mommies and daddies both work sometimes. And when mommies and daddies work, both of their jobs are important and we work so that you can have all of the things that you have. This house and all of these toys that he can ask for every day of his life and the trips that we take him on for his birthday and the luxury hotels we stay in and all the crap that we buy in our house and the food that he gets to eat every day, those are luxuries. That school we put you in and all those little activities, those cost money. And we can afford that stuff because mommy and daddy have excellent jobs, excellent business going on. And he needs to know that. He understands. Actually, he usually pretends like he's working too on like a little computer. It's cute because he's uh, he's understanding that if you work hard, you make good money. And if you make good money, you get to buy the things that you like. So that's just something that I like to instill in my child is that mommy is busy. Everything is not about you. He's also an only child. So, you know, everything already feel it is about him, right? <laughs> like he gets to go on trips for his birthday. He just turned five. We took him on a trip. He goes basically to a beach every, every birthday. We take him somewhere. Look, he deserves to be able to do that stuff and choose which vacation he wants to go on. But child, we, we work because you ask it for all this shit. So let's see. I got a whole bunch of questions from my Instagram. So I'm trying to answer them in this episode. How long? did it take you to find balance or harmony? I would say that it took me, if I, if I go by 2019, when I really came back to business, I would say that I stopped being angry and frustrated in my business, probably around September of 2020. So when I say 2019, I started working in the business stuff probably in June of 2019. And by September, October of 2020, I had really found my voice in saying, this is what I need. I stopped feeling so stressed and so angry at my husband. Kind of around that time, we still had a lot of little marital problems, I think, that stemmed from me not feeling supported and also not feeling like, you know, he understands that my business is important. But I feel like I really got into my stride in in this year, 2021. And I feel like, but as a mother though, I feel like I really got into that stride probably in September of last year. And it's because my mom really stepped up. She stepped it up and was like, I will help you with your child. And my mom and dad are literally the the most thoughtful, selfless people you would ever meet. My dad travels a lot for work and my dad will come home from after traveling to Hawaii and Japan and Australia and like over the course of seven days and he will come straight to my house and take care of my kid if I ask him to right now. That's how my, those are my parents. The kind of people who will work, my mom works for me all week and she'll keep my kid all weekend. She, she has my son right now so I can record my podcast episode. They were taking care of him this past week because I wasn't feeling well. They came over and took care of him and you know, 
I love them so much because they get that I'm running a business. My mom sees the sacrifice that I make and how hard it is because she's now a part of my business and she's an employee. So she sees like, she sees the money coming in. She sees what I'm doing. She gets to watch all of my coaching sessions. She knows how much I give. And it's important for people in your life to know what's going on. And when you're feeling like you're at your wit's end, you have to learn to communicate with people. If your spouse doesn't get it, make him get it. Make him see because they don't understand what we're going through. If they're the breadwinner, especially in which my husband is, if they're the breadwinner, they will never understand what you're doing. And it will always look like a little hobby to them if they don't see you taking it seriously. When my husband started seeing that I really was just staying up all day and all night, breaking my back to work in my business, he, I guess he started seeing when my business started making five figure months, I was like, boy, I make more than you now. Leave me alone. You know, like I think he started seeing when I started being able to pay off debt and have like disposable income and I was able to contribute to buying this home. He saw that this was worth it. When he saw I quit my job, he wasn't on board. I told you guys the story in the beginning of this um, podcast, my husband really wasn't on board with me quitting this job that I had. I was working at a Fortune 5, 250, excellent position, a regional marketing manager, and I quit the job. I was like, look, I'm making so much more money in my business. And if I could just give my business my all, I could have a stable, very successful business if I could just give it everything. And I've been giving my business everything ever since. Some other great questions that I got. Things that we should be thinking about financially for the future and how your business can be responsible. One of the biggest things that I realized in my business is that I need to, while I do have support from a spouse, while when I did have my full-time job especially, is I need to let this work for me while it's here. I needed to figure out which of my services was going to be my signature offer. I was offering a lot of things prior to September of last year. And I had to figure out which one of those things was making the most money and the biggest transformations for my clients, because that meant it could be the most lucrative. And when I figured out what that was, I went all in just promoting that thing. So you notice that I've had like six rounds of cohorts of revolutionary brand, because that's my biggest offer. I don't do a lot of the mastermind. I don't do a lot of, you know, workshops and paid little things. I don't do any design work anymore. I don't do any of that stuff for a reason. It's because I figured out which was the, what was going to be my premium signature offer. And I went all in on just creating that one offer and learning to market that one offer. And it's because I knew that if I wanted to have a stable business, I needed to figure out what was going to be the thing that was going to build my brand and build my success. What could my business stand on? And then I could create little things around that thing later on, but I needed to figure out what was gonna be the thing that I was known for. And when it comes to financial stability, I had to plan out how could I make that thing profitable. If I didn't sell anything else, I needed to figure out what profitability meant, how many people could I willingly accept into that offer and how many did I need to keep coming in for me to have consistency and stability with income. I also needed to realize that there are going to be times like seasons where your business is doing really well and seasons when it's not, and you need to prepare for the seasons when it's not. So I needed to start paying off my debt. I started making having five figure months and that meant Letitia, you need to now pay off this little credit card debt and silly debt that you have. So I did, I had a credit card that had like a $10,000 balance and I had it for so long because I could never pay it off. I paid off all my credit cards. 
I started investing, making little investments in myself. Like I bought stock and I started putting money because I realized I was having so much disposable income. The more I paid off my debt, the more random income I would have, right? Because it no longer needed to go somewhere. And I started taking that money and putting them in little random savings accounts that I didn't really have access to. So I have like acorns and then I have little things rounding up. I have all of these little things that I've been using to round up and make all this money. I have an app on my phone. I'm going to tell you guys what it's called. It's called Stash. I'm going to have little codes for Stash and Robinhood and Acorn so that if you guys ever want to sign up, you'll get like free stock on me. I'll get some stock too so we can help each other. But that's how I started building up all this money. Like if I look into my little Acorns account, which just randomly just takes money. If I'm spending money on my debit card, it rounds up the change, rounds it up to the nor- you know the next even number. I'm looking at the account. I don't touch it. It has $834 in it. That's usually the money that I use to go on like a random trip for myself. I love that because I have random money in this place with stocks and little things. And then when I'm ready to do something fun for just me, I could take myself. I want to go on a trip to like one of those like yoga retreats. That's not going to be a business trip. It's going to be a me trip. And I have random money that I'm saving right now for a me trip. So just thinking about how you can build your finances. If I know that I want to have a baby next year, well, then I need to have the baby around December, which is when I would have been taking a month off from work. So I need to start working on having the baby around like, you know, February of next year, because that would give me time to then get pregnant, hopefully, and then have the baby and then take a maternity leave when I wouldn't be working anyway. Like these are the kinds of thoughts that you need to have around being a mother if this is what you want. I do want another baby. I'm going to be responsible for maternity leave. If I'm going to, what am I going to be able to offer that's not going to be heavy on my time where I can work? work in between feeding my child and having a nanny. I'm going to have a nanny again. I'm okay with working. I need to think about what I can do. I can only have premium offers at that time and it can only be virtual. It can't be really time consuming and I can't sit at my desk for long periods of time. So thinking about what I'm going to be offering at that time is going to be huge for me. So that's what you need to be doing. But the last thing that I'll say, I'm looking at making sure I answered really everything. When you are a mom and you're an entrepreneur, you have a lot of priorities. You have one, a priority to yourself. You have to take care of yourself, your your mental health, your physical health. Those things are very important. And when you're not getting sleep and you're not getting help, you are really hurting your actual health. That's one. So your priority is you. Your priority is your, your child. That child didn't ask to be here. And so you have to make time for that child and take care of that child, still feed that child, love that child, but also play with that child and give that child love and attention. They deserve it. You have a responsibility to your spouse. If you have a spouse of some sort, that person still deserves you. You without the child, without all the things going on, without you working, they deserve your undivided attention. I haven't found the harmony or balance in my marriage with being an entrepreneur. So I don't want to purport that I am an expert in this category. We're working on it. I definitely wanted a divorce last year. We pulled through. We bought a new home so that we both had space that made us happy. And he's much better at supporting me and doing things without me asking. So he's learned over time based on me flipping out on him. I know, but... I don't have to flip out on him now. He will do things on his own without me having to ask so much because he sees that I need the support. He's learning to listen to that. And I'm going to work on the part of me that's getting back to spending time with him and giving him the undivided attention like I do my child. 
I will probably try to take my husband on some staycations like I do my son, because right now my son gets that. And I do send my child away so that my husband and I can sleep in. We can hang out, just the two of us. I don't do that enough, but I have done that before because I realized that both of them need that time of just me. And then we need family time as well, which we do a great job as the family time. We just don't do enough time where it's just me and my husband. So I haven't found the balance there, but I found a good rhythm. I, I don't have balance or harmony right now. I have a good rhythm. And when you think about what the definition of rhythm, it's like consistent patterns of movement and systems and you know things going on. And that's what we have. We know that my husband's putting in the bed every night. We know every morning I'm getting up with him on the weekdays. We know on the weekends, I don't wake up early. My husband actually wakes up early with the child. I don't wake up early on the weekends. So we have a system of things going on. Bath nights, my husband, schools, me, pick up me, sick me, you know? We need babysitter, my mom. We already know who to ask and which order of parents to ask. Like we have all those things in place and that is getting us by right now. And we are very happy. We are working on some of the other things, but that's just all you can do right now. So that's my advice. I hope you love this episode. I will drop some resources of things that's helped me to build my finances and just some of the, I'll drop some tips on like the things I'll say it real quick <laughs> before I get off this episode. Some things that I have outsourced that have helped me, some things that we've outsourced as a family. I don't do my own laundry. I have a laundry service. The only washing that I do is my child's clothes because they're tiny. So just my kids' clothes, but my husband and my clothes get sent out. We have a landscaping service for our yard, so my husband does not have to do yard work. We have laundry service. Oh, we have house cleaners that now are going to be coming once a month. And we were getting that kind of like once a quarter ish or a few every few months or so. Now that's going to be a recurring thing. So that's exciting. My husband's currently the person who cleans. I'm the one that typically cooks. We're probably going to start ordering like the food service and probably doing like the delivery service for the, the groceries. I don't want to keep doing that stuff either. Just little things like that. What else have I outsourced? Okay, again, I have the babysitter. So I have um, my parents will keep my kid when I need rest. So just those are just little things that we have outsourced so that we can have some sanity. And within my business, I outsource like my podcast gets edited by an amazing podcast team, the pod factory. I have my mom who's like my, my business manager. So she does a lot of the back end stuff of my business, helps me to repurpose content and puts things in certain places. She sends gifts to my clients, just little things like that. And then I have CEO days at my Monday is my CEO day to focus on team meeting with my mom and then to go over the things and prepare for the week. And Fridays, I record podcasts with guests and just my podcast stuff. And supposedly, um, allegedly coming up with social media content. I do not do that, but I'm supposed to. But Fridays, I don't really work. I basically take Friday off, if I'm being honest. I usually go to happy hour really early. Like it'll be three o'clock and I'm sleeping. I'm hanging out with friends. I'm going out to eat early. I hang out with my mom on Fridays. You know, if I'm going up vacation we definitely leave it on a friday so i really don't work fridays i basically work monday through thursday but technically tuesday through thursday is client days only and then the rest of the week i'm just you know working on my business and stuff the back end and then relaxing so that's how i've structured my life and it is working really well <laughs> I will see you all the next time. And if you're still working on your business model, then I created a masterclass called Position for Profitability. It's going to be live on August the 13th, I believe. Thursday the 13th, I believe, of August. And then after it's been live, it'll be on replay. But this is something that I'm going to help you to figure out the business model that's going to work best for you. And then how to position yourself really well so that you stand out in the business model that you've chosen. So I'm really excited about 
about that. All of the links to everything that I mentioned is in the show notes of this episode, and I will see you next time. If you love this episode as much as I have, then subscribe to the Revolutionary CEO podcast on iTunes and leave me a review to let me know what you enjoyed the most. For premium pricing and branding tips and training, connect with me on Instagram. I'm at Atelier Letitia. That's A-T-E-L-I-E-R-L-A-T-E-S-H-A. And be sure to follow the podcast Instagram account at Revolutionary CEO to show my guests and me some love. Talk to you next week.